Ladies and gentlemen, is the decades-long Sydney institution that puts sport front and centre. Oh, right. In 2023, absolutely brilliant. Here comes the ready now. This motley crew are taking another lap around the park. Figuratively. They're not doing any more cardio than they need to these days. Would you put your hands together? Iron Woman, Candace Warner, Racing Royalty, Richard Friedman, and a self-proclaimed former soccer prodigy, Brendan Anakin. And here we go. It's the port of call for all the big names from every code. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. So welcome back. Heatwave conditions, baby, doing the whole show in just me budgies. So is Richard Friedman. Good morning to you. Good morning. There is a mental picture that people can now not un- They can't unsee it. Man. Oh, no one's changed the channel quicker, have they? No, nah, nah. that just finished the show. Hey, if you're still here, welcome. Nice to have you. Unfortunately, Candace Warner not here over in India. A man who loves heatwave conditions, this Englishman, James Graham. Oh, don't I just love the heat. This is exactly what I wanted to come over to Australia for. These conditions are... Wow, it is hot out there, isn't it? I Jeez. remember watching you in some of those early matches in the season when you were playing. Yeah. Man, you could get to a shade of crimson. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. You must have hated it. Oh, man. When I, when I first got here, I don't think I've ever gone mm. through quite as much sunscreen in my life. <laughs> Three or four applications for each training session. It's, oh, in, wow. it's, it's in the colour palette at Bunnings, James Graham Red, <laughs> which is really nice. It's great to have you here, James, and especially on today of all days, uh, your lads, St Helens, going around in the World Club Challenge. What a thrill. Yes, super excited about this evening's game. Uh, getting to go to a sporting event, a rugby league game as a fan. Yeah. Something I haven't done for, well, like uh, nearly over 20 years. So, so uh, you I weren't went... a fan while you were playing? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I was, but I didn't go to the experience as a ah, fan. Yes. I always had my game thinking head on. And okay. I went to the game for St. Helens against the Dragons yeah. last week. And it was quite a, a surreal experience. Last time I went to watch St. Helens play, I think I paid £6 cash only to enter the stadium. And really? this time it's... Uh, We've come a long way. Yeah. Electronic ticket that I just scanned and entered the entered the stadium. So a lot has changed since I was a fan. I used to sit on the wall at the right. at Nosy Road and right. cheer on the St. Helens what? team. And here we are watching them over here. Did your dad come and pick you up in the horse and buggy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does feel like that long ago. Oh, but great, great times growing up. And I'm really excited about the opportunity. Well, we're going to preview it in full in just minutes. I've actually got something pretty provocative to say Ooh, to you. And I'm okay. worried you might attack Uh-oh. me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I, like I want to see this. Please attack yeah, me. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to that in five minutes. All week, people... People around the office have been asking me, what's going on with Peter Bolt? What's oh. happening with Peter Bolt? Oh, yeah. No one really understands what's going on. So we're going to get Matt Shervington on after 11 to explain. Good it. idea. I think so, yes. because we can't. Figure out what's going Very on. Very strange. That's it. And also uh, the Aussies over in India. Uh, Cal Ferguson, former Aussie rep, uh, well, sort of unpacking... Uh, all out yesterday over in uh, the subcontinent. Day yes. one. I'm not sure how we're going there, but we'll find out. From- Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you here because it's World Club Challenge Day. The Panthers taking on St. Helens, coverage from 6.30 this afternoon on Triple M and the Listen Wrap. And, I mean, you played 237 games for St. Helens, so who better to preview it? You said, I don't want to be on. Don't roster me on. I'm going to the game. I want to be a fan. <laughs> That's right. I did. I um, had the option to, to to work there, but I thought, no way. Yeah. I've got to go and, and be a fan and enjoy the festivities. Rightly and, so. And be obviously very well hydrated one way <laughs> or another. Now, St. Helens, right? They are, they are the Penrith of the Super League, aren't they? They've won the last four Super League championships. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I was there for one of them as well. So, um, yeah. Be- it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are. They're, they're, they're a fantastic organisation. Um, I think they're the most successful team of the modern era uh, since the, the Super League began over there in 96. So, a um, lot of success follows this team team around. <laughs> A lot of a uh, lot of these boys are going to be feeling it in the the last quarter of this match, aren't mm. they? The, the heat today, the heat! My God, the heat! I would take now, Richard, feeling it in the last quarter. 
because I would be feeling it in about the after about two minutes. <laughs> so if you were presented to me, mate, do you want to feel this in the last quarter? I would, yeah, I would take that, gladly take <laughs> waiting till the last quarter to feel the heat because I don't think they will be afforded that luxury. Right, it'll, um, it'll it, be from it, the jump. But you know what? It's going to be a warm one for everybody. This, uh, it doesn't escape you. Don't get me wrong. There'd be lads that have lived out here all their lives who'd be playing like out there. Penrith. Like Penrith. Like a furnace the, out there. Hey, look, it... No one escapes this heat today. This is nobody. <laughs> well, listen, I've got something pretty provocative to say, and I'm worried how you're going to react. And I say this with all kindness, if, if, if it can come across that way. In no conceivable universe can I see St. Helens beating Penrith tonight. Really? No conceivable universe. What price can you get about... No conceivable universe? Yes. I don't think it's a, it's a prop on, right. on the agencies. <laughs> right. What, what do you say to that, Jim? But... I'm happy for you to change my mind. Right? <laughs> As he look scours I, his brain. I um I, I I appreciate the the quality of this Penrith Panthers team and yes. the degree of difficulty that faces St. Helens as they go out there. Mm-hmm. With world glory on the line, that's it. Nobody give them a chance against the Brisbane Broncos in two thousand and one. That was nobody over give them two decades ago. A chance against the Brisbane. Hey, what a famous hey, Brisbane yeah, Broncos. What a victory that hey, was. Hey, they were no, a good team though. I know what you're saying. I know no, what you're saying. Nobody they were a great gave them team. a chance in, in 07 against the Brisbane Broncos. They did that. And let's not forget this St. Helens team. They've come out here. They've sacrificed a lot to be here. They're not here to make up the numbers. To, mm. So to give you some context, it's actually round one in the Super League this weekend. They go to they they travel back the early hours of Sunday. They leave face thing and Sunday morning. Morning. They're playing next week, so they're actually hurting their chances yeah. of domestic success. I, I want to lay them in the first round. The, the amount they'll never rehydrate. Not with a, yeah. not with a 24-hour <laughs> plane trip. So under well, their belt. well, so they're missing round one. So they've got to catch that game up. In the season, they play, they fly back. They're going to play round two. Yeah. So they're not here to just make up the numbers. They've had their chances, domestic success. So I think they're going to be a highly, they're very highly motivated to come out here. They're representing the Super League themselves and the great club of St. Helens. And look, there's an old saying over in England, you never write off the Saints. That's They've true. They've come up with some. They used to say m- that here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, followed by the wayside. This, this this is something that is very true of recent years. They're a, a fantastic organisation, and hey, look, I get it. But if you go to the Penrith side of things, I think people are maybe falling into the trap a little bit of the, the Penrith of of two years ago. This is a very different Penrith team on paper. Yeah. So right. Dylan Edwards mm. is being rested. Yeah. yeah. So he. Make, Stephen Crichton comes in, who's a hugely talented yeah. individual that will be fullback for the Bulldogs next year, but he's yeah. not played a lot of fullback, and I think they'll miss Dylan Edwards's energy that he brings mm. to each and every game. And then, you know, they, they're missing Kickout. You've got a whole new combo, that second row. Yeah, missing kick and I think perhaps more importantly, and I'm really excited to, to watch St. Helens, but I've got a close eye on just how Penrith adjust to life without Api Corsa. It's it's going yeah. it, it's fascinating. I I don't think he just he, he he's he's like the compass in the middle of the park mm, there, you know? I, I just don't think people just appreciate how good he actually mm. is. I think mm. we can see hey, he's a great hooker, but just the, the the little detail of what he brings to that team. It's a step, it's a second delay. It's it's that yeah. all that's going on in the center there and it just Sets them up, or used to. It is. Yeah, well, big time. Yeah. As, as a middle defender, you know, one of your roles would be to, to put pressure on the halves, but you can't do that because your eyes are on Api Coruscant, then your eyes are on Isaiah Yo. So mm. that, he's, the, he's the person that starts yeah. everything. Everything starts with Api Coruscant. Now, Penrith's production line of players is, is in, Incredible. insane. It's you know, there is yeah. no rival to it, but um, it's going to be an interesting uh, yeah. interesting look on, on how Penrith adjusts to life without him. Well, Mitch Kenny reckons 80 minutes. He's an 80-minute player this year because I was looking for Sonny Luke on the bench. He ain't there. Yeah, no, he's not. No. He's not. So, yeah, obviously Kenny comes in to, to fill that role. Mm. And, you know, looking from the back end of last year, Coach Cleary would start him and then bring Appy on around about 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting game, and you can hear it on uh, Triple M and the listener app, 6.30, the Savo. Uh, James Graham's going to be in the stands. Loves a chat. Yeah. Just loves just a chat. Approaching. Very Doesn't approachable it? man. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks, guys. <laughs> Good stuff. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Quick overnight scores in the cricket stumps after the first day. The Aussies all out. Brrr, 263. I'm saying not enough. I No, obviously not. No, no, they're trying to sell it the, the 250s par. Yeah, that's wrong. I don't think so. Well, we'll see what Cal uh, Ferguson thinks. Triple M Cricket's own is going to join us in the next half an hour with uh, his review of, of day one. India will resume today at none for 21. The NRL trials, James, the Eels thumped the Knights 36-14, looked pretty good. Um, and Manly at one point up 26 nil against the Roosters, ended up being 28-16 in Manly's favour. Does that mean that Manly's won the preseason? Competition. Oh, I don't understand the preseason competition. The <laughs> points. <laughs> well, you need an abacus. Apparently, yeah. The statisticians were up like to one. It, yeah, did they win? Well, I think they. There was a dubious offload they were looking at last night. Apparently, the statisticians were up all hours. It's a hundred k. Just give it to Manly. It's fine. Um, <laughs> God knows they need it. (laughs) (laughs) And in the NBL, uh, Sydney Kings have been forced into a semi-final decider. That'll be tomorrow at Kudos Bank Arena. The Taipans 93, Kings 82. Uh, Those are your overnight scores. And next, we're going to go around the grounds uh, in the NRL. Let's do this. (laughs) If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Already mentioned it, already previewed it. If you missed it, it'll be on the listener app after the show. The World Club Challenge, Panthers taking on St. Helens. Uh, coverage from 6.30, the Savo on Triple M and the listener app. The game to follow, Broncos-Cowboys. Uh, that will be broadcast as well. That's always a good one when those two teams meet. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, the first grade teams playing for both sides. Uh, tomorrow, Bulldogs versus the Sharks. Then the Dolphins versus the Titans. Where's Wayne? <laughs> You've got to think about this, haven't you? Where is he? Well, does it matter? Very much so, I would have thought. To who? Why? The team, the club, you've been hired to do a job. You haven't been doing that job for, for two one. games. He's I have, been, do not have it in for one. He's been doing this for a hundred years. I understand that. The optics His aren't way. great. The optics aren't great. And it's a brand new club. Oh, I'm going to repeat this to Wayne. Well, you can repeat it to Wayne. He's not going to care. Who am I? You know? He can hold a grudge like Khomeini. Well, I, I love Wayne. There's nothing. I, I lived in Brisbane for a few years. I love Wayne. I love what he does. Doesn't sound like it. Well, I don't love this aspect of Wayne's coaching. I think the reason why he did it, though, he explained Please. that he would rather have been in, in Redcliffe coaching, coaching some of the, the senior players and getting them ready for this next game and for round one where this, most of the senior players didn't play in that uh, that opening trial for the, for the Dolphins. Sure. And, you sure I he's not on, on the couch with a six-pack just watching the footage? Yeah, because that's what he said. That, 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 I can guarantee, didn't happen. <laughs> no, he loves his fitness, Hey, maybe he's, maybe he's got me fooled, though. Hey. Maybe he's got us all fooled. Very clever, man. You're all coming around. Very clever. <laughs> You're we all coming around. The difference is we don't think it's a bad thing. No, that's true. Um, all right. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he turns up to that match. Uh, it'll be for five o'clock coverage, uh, Triple M and listener. two minutes of my life I'm not getting back. That's okay. Um, Brown-Harper swap. What about this? The Sea Eagles and Eels reportedly considering a player swap uh, before the season starts. Nathan Brown to the Eagles and Morgan Harper to the Parramatta Eels. What are your thoughts on that, James? Yeah, look, I, I really like Nathan Brown as a, as a player. It yeah. seems strange the sort of lack of game time and lack of appearances that he made for the Eels, for yeah. Parramatta at the especially at the back end of last year. And mm. um, I really like what he brings to a to, to the team when he's on. Um, if he goes to Manly, you know they've got Jakey Trebovitz there though. So oh, interesting. You know the the two thirteens. Will one of them play a bit more of a front row style? Um, I'm not too sure, but I, I I think Nathan Brown is a is a quality player like I think not that long ago he was in contention for origin and was maybe 18th or 19th yeah. man so is he exclusively a 13 is there another position they could well have in you're either 13 or front row so they're very similar but could he do a job off the bench yeah come off the bench yeah. maybe play a bit of front row or move Jake to front row Jake plays a bit of front row as well so maybe that's how they'll mm. they'll they'll balance it all out but Nathan Brown's too good to be um, not playing first grade every week. I know that for sure. Absolutely. And one of the biggest business decisions in this young man's life, Mitch Moses, has been given, well, he's given himself a two-week deadline to decide where he wants to play his football in the future. Now, West Tigers, they've tabled a $6.5 million five-year deal. Uh, it's a more modest $4.4 million four-year contract with the Eels. Still great money. He says he wants to win premierships. If you're him, 
James Graham, where are you going? Yeah, well, he's at 28 now, so he, it's, a, it's a big decision for him, I guess. Have the Tigers... Is it the but, last big decision he gets to make in his career, I th- effectively? Yeah. Uh, it, it it probably is. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is. This is this will be his biggest ever contract. Um, but if his primary motivation is to try and win a premiership, that's where the big assessment is because both are good, really good deals mm. financially. They, they they stack up really well and he's going to have a great life, you know, taking care financially for likely for the rest of his life if he used that money well. But it's interest for, interesting for him to say, I'm making this decision on winning a premiership. So... Have the Tigers been able to sell that vision of where that club is going over the next five years? Does yes, because they won't win it this year, you wouldn't think, but they could win it three years from now. Mm. Who knows? And then also, the, the one of the interesting ramifications, if he does choose the Tigers, does that then mean, you say, the Eels aren't? And then how oh. does he go about playing for them this year? Mm. Optics matter. Wayne? <laughs> Leave Wayne out of this. <laughs> Enough uh, on the way. And you're killing it with your podcast at the moment, The Buy Round. Um, Thank you. A couple of uh, episodes each week now. You've got uh, your one, The Buy Round, of course, and then you've got one with The Hectic Cheese. Yes, that's right. So we've got three shows a week coming out now. And um, yeah, Brandon Smith, The Hectic Cheese, is, is on board for one show <laughs> a week. That's his nickname. <laughs> that's his nickname. Well, actually, it's a, more of a shredded cheese at the moment. He's looking he's, good. He's, he's looking very good. So, um, yeah, he's one ask. of the more bubbly <laughs> personalities as well of he the is. rugby league community. So excited to to share uh, share a bit of airtime with mm. him. Jam and cheese on the buy round. So wherever you get your <laughs> podcasts. Well, listen, I listen weekly. I know on your socials as well. Every week you ask. Uh, there's an ask Jimmy anything. Situation. Now we don't want to make it too broad, but we thought we'd we'd you know adopt that here and do an ask Jimmy anything about your club, right? Ask Jimmy anything about, about your, that's so you're restricting what they can ask about. There's a caveat yeah. on ask Jimmy yeah, anything. You can't ask him anything. Don't ask him anything because you don't know. What yeah, he yeah. <laughs> but about your club and how and how the, the chances of uh, performing this year go. One triple three five three is the number. It's an ask Jimmy anything situation with a caveat. <laughs> about your club this year. How are they going to perform? Uh, so let's go to the... Dear Jimmy. Dear Jimmy, essentially. <laughs> on one three, five, three. Troy, your club and uh, your question for Jim. Yes, mate. Just wondering how my mighty Penrith Panthers might go again this year. Ooh. We've been having that conversation off air, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, Troy, look, it's a, it's a really interesting one. They've got the best player in the game, in my opinion, at the moment, in Nathan Cleary. Um, and whenever, whenever you have a a player like him at your disposal, you're always going to be in with a chance. If you just look back, though, at, at Penrith, it's they've been a remarkably healthy squad for two years. Sometimes injury is prevention. Sometimes it's a little bit of luck. Can they hold out with that luck? Um, but I think the big loss, we spoke about it earlier when we were previewing the World Cup Challenge, is just how they adapt to life without Api Corusel. Yeah. Yes, Kikau has been... a, a a standout player for them as well, and they'll lose a lot with him. But just for me, that the loss of Api Corusau intrigues me. There's that they haven't gone to the market to directly replace replace him or, or, or recruit somebody to to play in that dummy half position. I think they're going to give it to Mitch Kenny. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player, but he's no Api Corusau. Yeah. But know. then, but that said, that said, the juniors out there. Are fantastic. Mate. They've won New South Wales Cup leagues. They 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 do they win it all. So it wouldn't surprise me if they've got a Appy Corusau clone. Uh, Luke Summerton. Uh, hang on. After all of that. Yes. Our caller wants to know, can they win the premiership again? I, I reckon they might play the grand final and I think it'll be them be the roosters, but I think they'll fall short. Oh, that's not oh. what you wanted to hear, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Serves you right, bro. <laughs> you asked the question. Oh, let's go to Jade in Bankstown. Uh, your question for Jim. Actually, Troy didn't ask. Jimmy, firstly, just want to say I'm so glad that the dogs got you back involved in the club. I love you, mate. You're a champion. Um, I obviously go for the Bulldogs and I wanted to know, uh, Jimmy, what do you reckon? Are we going to make the top eight this year? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for the kind words. I'm hmm. delighted to be back there uh, in a in a capacity. Um, I'll have a little bit to do with the first team, but not too much. Uh, look, I think all roads are leading towards the Bulldogs making the eight this year. Um, they've got a lot of work in front of them. So that's a yes. I, I, you know, barring injury crisis. <laughs> Sound like a horse trainer. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, if if all is fair in love and war and everything goes to plan, they'll be uh, they'll be in the eight this year for sure. They've they've got a remarkable young coach there in um, in Cam Sorrella. He's yeah. he's fantastic, and they've they've recruited well, and they've got some really like every club says they've. But this this team has got some great young players that are banging down the door to play first team this year, and I think we'll see some some superstars uh, some come out of this uh, this Bulldog system. Well, I think I know who your favourite caller is, and Jade from Bankstown, uh, off to Raging Waters, Sydney, their uh, family pass. And the Aussies hoping for a better showing against India in their second test in Delhi, unfortunately rolled before stumps on day one for 263. Uh, to unpack it all, we've got, well, Triple M Crickets, he's a former Aussie representative, a fellow dead set legend in Adelaide, Rich, so he's one of us, mate. Yes, mate. That's uh, Callum Ferguson. Good morning. Morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure, Cal. Thank you for coming on. Um, let's talk about the test. 263 for us overnight. Now, I heard uh, Peter Hanscom say after the match, after the day's play, that um, he thought 250 was about a par score. Do you agree with that? Yeah, look, I, I think the wicket probably played it a little bit better than what some of us thought, having looked at it. Uh, we saw the pitch report at the start of the day, very dry, and a little bit of grass through the middle of the wicket, but very bare at each end again, a bit like the first test. So, look, I think we probably left a few out there, to be honest. I thought that um, the way Usman and, and Pete Hanscom played was absolutely outstanding, and I feel like they're right in the game. I don't know whether Pete's maybe just um, trying to, you know, make sure that publicly they're talking about the way that they, um, they're in the game, they've fought hard, and, you know, the positive side of things. But I thought if they could have got to 280 to 300, then I thought they were, you know, right in the game there. They're probably a little bit short of that, but in the contest, no doubt. Hey, Callum, it's Jimmy Graham here. Um, we saw David Warner leave the field with some possible concussion-related issues. It's not something that we usually associate with uh, with, with cricket. Um, how is he travelling? What sort of protocols are in place? And will we likely see a return from him? Yeah, look, so what Davey will have to do now, he copped a decent knock. I actually thought the, the Indian quicks bowled with great aggression uh, last night. I thought that probably a little bit better than they did in the first test. They used their bouncer and, and tried to mix up the feet of the, the Aussie batters. And, and certainly one of those bouncers was right on the money and, and, and got Davey Warner pretty pretty strongly on the helmet. So, look, he'll now have to go through uh, some testing. That'll be, include sitting in front of a laptop, doing a lot of memory testing, that sort of thing. And just try and work out how their cognitive skills are going. So it, it's an interesting process. The doctor will have to clear him of any uh, symptoms, and we'll have to wait and see on that one, see how he wakes up today. We've gone in with three specialist spinners. Only two of them have had a bowl in the, in India's first innings, and you know they've only scored 21 without loss. Who do you think of the three is is most suited by these conditions? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question. I, I feel like what we saw in that first test was... Um, the way that Todd Murphy was varying his seam angle when he was bowling the ball down at the at the uh, Indian batters. So uh, that's something Ravi Ashwin does really, really well. Um, and, and it creates a bit of natural variation off the wicket. You know, one, one will look like an off spinner, but it's actually a slider going across, which we saw um, undo Steve Smith in that first innings. Having um, just seen one turn quite sharply back at Marnus, Ashwin delivered the slider to, to Steve and got the nick. So that's the sort of skill I think will be quite uh, quite useful on this wicket. Nathan will be just what he does, very consistent and keep the pressure on. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how Matt Kuhneman handles his first test match. I thought he started really nicely. I like Pat Cummins as captaincy, just let, giving him an, an in-out field, some, some catches under the, under the lid but also a couple out in the fence just in case he didn't quite get it right at the start, but he did. Got it on the money and really tested the Indian batters to start with. Good positive signs for the Aussies, I thought. Is Nathan Lyon as effective without Stark in the side? Interesting. With it, you know, Stark creating the, the rough spot outside the off stump? It's a very good very good question, very good point. Um, in these conditions, you'd, you'd have to say he's not quite as effective. Um, having, having Mitch Stark be able to come around the wicket to uh, the right-handers um, and over the wicket, particularly over the wicket, um, when we're talking Nathan line, creating those footholds, we do miss his um, ability to reverse swing the ball from around the wicket. But particularly for Nathan line, uh, Mitch coming over the wicket, running down the pitch and creating footmarks, it just leaves Nathan bowling with a bare wicket, which uh, doesn't suit him quite as well. And as we saw in that first test, particularly when the uh, curators leave it a little bit drier on one side of the wicket compared to the other to try and help themselves out. Well, that's it. And the great captain, AB, he said he wanted three quicks. 
and we've gone with three spinners. And it's a, it's a pretty simple yes or no question. In your opinion, have we gotten the selection right in this test? Uh, I'm going to say yes, we okay. have in this test, mainly because if you go deeper back, I'm disappointed we don't have another all-rounder over there. Um, and I actually had a, um, a chat with a couple of guys the other day about this, and Bluey actually spoke on Rush Hour over here last night about it. We've got one, we've got one all-rounder in that test squad over there, and it means we're not able to get the balance quite how we'd like it um, on the back of the Chris Green, uh, the Cameron Green injury. So, look, Aaron Hardy's sitting over here playing shield cricket. He's been in great form for, for two years years I'm, I'm staggered he wasn't looked at um, because that would have allowed us to have that extra seamer in the lineup to perhaps provide balance but with the squad we've got over there at the moment I think we've got the best side that we can possibly put out there all right uh, best of luck on air dead set legends Adelaide and uh, we'll hear you on triple m cricket as well thanks Cal Candace Warner Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin the triple m dead set legends funny Richard ever since starting doing a sports show people have been asking me hey what's going on with Peter Bowl what's what's doing with him mm. with the doping allegations mm. I, sorry, I don't know much about middle distance running I'm sorry someone who does is Matt Shervington and he's joining us after 11 because I cannot remember a time an A sample has been leaked as being positive and a B sample has been inconclusive I cannot remember a time is that the official inconclusive uh, atypical is what it is, and I want to ask Shervo about that because it's not negative, it's atypical. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. It really is bizarre. So that's not a negative. No, it's not. It's neither, or no, And it's not a positive. No, and they have to have two positives to be positive. That's correct. The a and the B both have to be positive. So if they're not calling the, the B a positive, then it's not positive. These are all questions for Shervo, and we're going to get to him after 11. But right now, it's horsey time. Your oh. best of the day, Richard Friedman. <laughs> You're saluted with Animo. It's always... Um, I did it, say win, but I didn't want to back him at that price. Oh, no one did. But it, yeah. And it's a it's a bullish tip to be tipping an odds-on favourite to win. And and it happened, so good on you. He's well done. Champion. He was great. Yeah, he he looked wonderful. Not hard to tip champions. Yeah, actually, good tip here. Keep backing champions. They tend to win. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you about a certain champion uh, in a second. Your tip of the day first, though. Well, I had to sort of go out to... I was out at Rose Hill this morning with the trainers, and <laughs> I did a bit of thought, I've got to have a tip here. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask one of these blokes. Hey, Chris Waller. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one to ask. I said, what, what, what are you like? He said, he looked at me, he said, I don't know. All right. Typical, you know, he just keep playing his cards close to his chest, as he does. Uh, I said, well, if you were going to win one race, which race would it be? So he told me a race number. I said, but you only got one runner in it? He said, I can't remember. He's being being evasive. Elusive. Anyway, I said, which one? He said, well, I kind of like number 14, Lindemann. All right, so that that is the tip. Okay. In in race five at Rose Hill, number 14, Lindemann. He said... He said he's a talented horse and he's probably a bit over the odds. Isn't it at eights or something yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. So there you go. Not about each way. So I make that my tip. Now. Um, and look, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's look at Flemington very, very quickly because uh, the Great Nature Strip is back in action in the Black Caviar Lightning from Barrier One in the straight. It's nine years old. Things seemingly against it. Do you think so? Well, I don't know that barrier one's a problem unless they do believe that the outside of the track is faster, mm-hmm. which which may be the case. Um, certainly in warm weather, it tended, always used to be, but that's not always the case now. Uh, he's a superstar. He's the world's best sprinter. He's possibly the best sprinter I've ever seen. Wow. Right? And I've we've trained some of the, the best sprinters, you know, in history, but he's he's right up there with them if he's not the best. And I just think he'll win again. He'll win again. He looks fantastic. He's a fantastic racehorse. 1,000 metres up the straight. Won't be a problem. There you go. Well, you can get $2 about it too, so that's not bad. Yeah. For a champion. Yeah. He's a champion. He's a proper champion. All right. Nature Strip and Lindemann, was it, at Rose Hill? Yeah, yeah. Let's have a crack at that. Okay. Uh, Those are Richard's tips, and this is the Dead Set Legends on Triple M. Uh, the country was shocked late last year when Olympian Peter Bowl returned a positive result to an out-of-competition doping test. Uh, once again stunned earlier this week after the provisional ban for the middle-distance runner was lifted. A very rare an A and B sample don't match, and that's what's happened in this case. And to shine a bit more light on the situation, joined by former athlete and Channel 7's own Matt Shervington. Morning, Shervo. Hey, guys. How are you? Very well, thanks. Um, I, just listening to that, I couldn't have thought of a better replacement for Candice. Than Jimmy. Than James. Than Jimmy. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Shervo. It's perfect, mate. It's perfect. It's like for like. Oh, no. The optics aren't the same. (laughs) (laughs) That's not like for like. Like for like. 
Richard Friedman here, Shervo. How are you? Hey, mate. Yeah, uh, going really well. That's good. Now, this is odd, isn't it? The A sample goes positive. Mm. The B sample, they produce what they call an ATF, an atypical, yeah, atypical finding. finding. What is that? Yeah, yeah so uh, inconclusive, essentially. Um, but you're bang on. So A sample, B sample not matching happens about 0.2% of the time based on the data that I've been able to find. Um, it has happened in the past. There's been a, a bunch of athletes that have um, uh, had uh, mismatched A and B samples. Um, the issue here for Peter Bowl talking about this case is that the A sample was leaked. So the information was leaked, um, it being a positive test. Um, and the biggest issue there is that uh, he needed the time to for the testers to test the B so that at least he had a case to kind of say, well, okay, if it's not going to match, I can defend myself in, in a certain way. What's happened is, and, and his statement earlier in the week, he said how disappointed he was that the A sample result had come out um, before the B was tested. So as an athlete, what you really need to rely on, because you can say whatever you want once you've tested positive, no one's going to believe you. You have to rely on the process, and that hasn't really supported Pete to this point. So no, the, the um, process is you don't officially have a positive unless both samples are positive. That am I correct in saying that? Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah. um, but in saying that too, Sport Integrity Australia have a duty to follow through with a B sample being tested if the A sample comes back positive, which is fair enough too. But. Um, it's only fair that that B sample is tested, then both results are compiled and then a result comes out, right. whether or not you have to defend a, a positive charge or a negative charge um, or your band or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, there's nothing else for an athlete to rely on. So Sheva, who's actually going to be held to account? Because it's just a complete mess. Like I feel so, yeah. so sorry for, for Peter Ball, like his his reputation yeah. is in tatters. He, he'll yeah. likely well, he lost yeah. a sponsor, didn't he as well? Yeah, it, the, yeah so, it'll be it'll yeah. be difficult to recover from. Won't it, it? Absolutely, mm. and he'll always have that that suspicion. that doubt, the suspicion, yeah. the doubt, and, and especially with the, with the wording of this mm. in yeah. terms of like it's not like oh no, sorry, we messed that up. It's a it, it, it's yeah. it was a negative like. So, so who is actually accountable? Are we looking at Asada, Wada? Who will be held to account yeah. on this? Because someone's life is is changed forever. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting investigation. Um, Paul Green, Peter Bowles' lawyer this week, has already come out and said it's been a disgrace the way it's been handled. Um, I, I kind of agree. Look, Jimmy, you would, you would know this better than anyone too. When you're an athlete in a sport where you're being tested regularly, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "What if? Like, what if? What if my doctor gave me something that that wasn't right? What if I I took a supplement that was contaminated, not by choice?" Um, and, and then you stand in front of the public in the public arena and you say, "Hey guys, I'm I'm innocent. I didn't take it." They see through it. They they don't believe you. So, um, Pete's in that situation. Um, if he is cleared. If the B sample and the investigation um, launched by Sport Integrity Australia comes back and he's able to, and he has been cleared, he's, he's, he's able to run, he's able to mm. train at the moment. But if it is put behind him, there have been cases in the past where athletes have gone back and, and sued. Sued mm. for damages, sued for reputational damage, sued for um, uh, career earnings, etc. So Have they won? Knows? And they have won. They in the have past. won. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. there's been a triathlete, uh, one particular case um, where that has happened. Uh, and not just that, but he uh, naturally produced a certain amount of EPO in his system yeah. um, without taking synthetic EPO. And that's the other side of it too. There's a, a crew in Norway that are studying how EPO can be produced naturally in dif different et ethnic groups, um, whether... There are certain African nations that produce more EPO naturally, not by injecting a yeah, synthetic right. EPO. And Peter may be there. His baseline may be above normal yeah. um, naturally. So just on, uh, just yeah, on EPO, just to people who don't know what EPO is, yeah. it's, it's, it's like yeah. a hormone that you produce naturally in your body, which, which triggers your, I think it's your bone marrow to produce red blood cells. More red Correct. blood cells you have, the more oxygen you, you carry around in your body, right. the, the longer you and can run at your top. 
the, the simplest way to describe it, remember in the 80s, people used to talk about blood doping? Yeah. yeah. So blood doping where you take a certain amount of blood out of your body, your body then replicates the um, red blood cells, the, the high oxygenated blood cells. Then you put that blood back into your system and you double up. So you've got a higher endurance. Mm. EPO essentially was to allow um, for that sort of reaction yeah. to be able to have it's a the, higher endurance. It's the shortcut. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, just on Peter Boll. It's not over for him yet, though, is it? Because the um, uh, under the WADA rules, it's going to seek a second opinion from a WADA-accredited laboratory. Now, if the yeah. second laboratory finds the B sample positive, does that mean yeah. he's then got a positive? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the process is going to be after that. Um, it's going to make his case a lot harder to fight. Um, the biggest issue for Pete, too, at the moment is he's already spent tens of thousands of dollars oh, yeah. in legal fees and uh, getting the information. Like Every time you request test results, it costs you money. Every time you want something tested independently, it costs you money. So to build your case costs tens of thousands of dollars. Um, they were looking at about half a million dollars if they had to oh, spend a positive wow. fee as well. So, it's a nightmare. Um, look, but again, like I keep coming back to when I was an athlete, I was a staunch anti-doping advocate, and I still am. But this Peter Bowl case feels a little bit different. I don't know whether it's because he has produced naturally a higher range of EPO. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because I know Pete. I know his coach, and I hold his coach to a very high level of integrity. Um, I don't know why, but like I've been beaten by drug cheats in the past. I've lost medals to drug cheats in the past, and... I, I never want to advocate for it, but I feel like Pete's case is a little bit different, and I hope, I do hope, that it hasn't got a lasting effect on his reputation. No. Clear. Hopefully, it wraps up soon too, because you don't want it just to uh, to last much longer. Yeah. It's been going since what late mm. last year, yeah, so who could afford it? Mm. Um, good on you, Matt Shervington, doing some fine work on Channel Seven. Uh, all the best to you, my friend. Can I just say before I leave, Manly looking very good in the trials. Just <laughs> they are actually Shervo. Um, I can't even. Polar. Is going to be hands down fastest player in the league in the next couple of years. Faster than you, Shervo? Oh, he's quick. quick. (laughs) You you notice he didn't say yes. (laughs) No, his dad dad was an Olympian, um, ran for Tonga, used to train with us. Bloody uh, very, very strong fella too. Good on you, Shervo. A bit bullish about Manly this year. We'll catch you soon, uh, soon, Matt Shervington. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Bloody cheating accusations in the UFC. Can you believe it, Alex Volkanovski? How can you cheat in that? Well, it seems like there's no rules at all. <laughs> it does seem that way. That is an absolutely fair assessment. Uh, but Alex Volkanovsky, he lost the other day, but he's retained uh, his position as the world's number one pound per, uh, for pound fighter, uh, despite losing to Islam Mayachev. Um, the result was criticized, uh, and the fight was also marred by accusations. Here they are, leveled at Mayachev that he illegally used an IV drip to rehydrate after cutting weight. Oh, That's where the cheating comes in. All right. And they're just accusations. To, you're not allowed to do that. Apparently not. Mm. Okay. Most definitely not. Really? Mm. We can use uh, drips, you know, uh, rehydrating electrolyte drips with racehorses. Yeah. And in hospital after a surgery, definitely use it there. Yeah. But in the UFC, probably we, not. So we can't not, use not it within 24 hours cut. of a race. No. No. Not after yeah. a weight cut, no. 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 Well, that's that would be the same with us. Within 24 hours of a race, you can't do anything. I thought you meant us on this show. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean us, race Australians. Yeah, yeah. We're not doping yeah. on no. the show. No, no. It's a dirty word. What's happening in the golf? Tiger the golf. Woods back in action. Yeah, he's playing the uh, the Genesis Invitational. It's at Riviera. One of your favourites? California. Oh, it's one of my <laughs> favourites. Uh, you know, he's 47 years of age now. Hey, Yeah, that time has flown. Uh, he hasn't played uh, a tour. P- yeah, he played in the, the Masters last yeah. year, and he played, he's played a couple of big tournaments. But he hasn't played a tour event since 2021 because of that bad car accident. Remember, he had the, the yeah. car accident, and he was banged up really badly. Anyway... He went really well his first round, and people said, the Tiger's back. Second round, not so much. He was three over, and now he's right on the cut line. He's 64th, equal 64th at the moment, <laughs> and he may make the cut. I think okay. you've got to get into the top 60, 63 in ties yeah. or something. Uh, he's right on the cut line, so we, we hope he makes it. But look, you have to say, that's a pretty good return for a bloke who hasn't played a tour tournament in three years to come back 
almost make the cut and shoot a good first round. It's just whether he can sustain any more with his injuries. You seen his son play? Yeah, it's frightening. Isn't Unreal. It? Mm. Could yeah. be better. Good genes. Not now, obviously, but in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will be hard to be better, given that the guy, his dad's the GOAT. <laughs> Big time. But if anyone's going to do it, his son, he might give it a shake, you know. That's your sports update on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Well, he'd time. be the kid, wouldn't he? Oh, oh no, good one. That's no, a, yeah. Yeah, sorry, ruined. it's a dad yeah, joke. I do love the genre, dad joke. Give us a call, one triple three five three. It's Candace's quiz time. Your favourite, yeah, Richard. Yeah. I uh, hate this quiz. $100 JB Hi-Fi, a voucher up for grabs. James is filling the uh, the seat of Candace today. Are you much of a quiz master, James? Not particularly, Terrific. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, they say knowledge is power. Well, plug me in and power me up. It's time on Triple M's Dead Set Legends 4, Candace's Quiz. Oh, bloody bit of fun. Uh, no. <laughs> would, would you like to know how it works, James? Yes. It's, it, would uh, be ha- it, would, <laughs> it would be it would be handy as the quiz master to, to know how it works. Please explain. It's based, it's, this is really easy, right? You ask me questions that are impossible to answer. I get them wrong. You ask the, the listener questions that will be easy. They get them right and they get the ticket. That's how it works. He's That's not how far it works. off. Okay. He's not far off. Uh, on one triple three five three, Mark from Sutherland, uh, you are playing today. G'day, Mark. Hello, Brendo. Hello, FBI Incorporated. And hello, fellow <laughs> hello, Shire Mark. resident, Jimmy Graham. Hey, Mark. How are we doing? Good, I'd, thanks, fellas. I don't like the sound of this already. <laughs> Uh, What is the first question, James? So, Richard, the first question is for you. The Matildas are in preparation for the Women's World Cup over here in Australia and New Zealand. uh, And they thrashed a team 4-0 at the Cup of Nations on Thursday. What is the team they defeated? (laughs) That was a laboured... You know what? I, I saw this, and I can see I know, I think the team were in red. Oh, you can't answer this, Mark. No, this that is true. No. Uh, they were wearing red. Mm. Who would be so wearing think, red? Think flags, think red. Yeah. Most flags have red China. on them. China. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very red flag, but yeah. not the answer, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Who was it? It was the Czech, Repl- Republic. Czech Republic. That's yes. the <laughs> That is the That answer. was my next guess. Was it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was. Go on. Hurry up. Come on, let's Question go. Question for Mark. Game. Who won the Super Bowl 57 oh. on Monday? Oh, geez. The, um... Oh. They were in red. Yeah, I was just yeah, kidding. I, I, I know that. Come on, even I can get this. Can, um, Kansas City. Yes. Well done. Well done. Oh, Jesus. Great yes. start. <laughs> Richard, over to you. Who is currently top of the English Premier League? That's the soccer they asked me this last week and I didn't get it either. Uh, well, it's only one of four teams as a rule. Let's say uh, Man City. Correct. There well done. They they beat uh, Arsenal this week and oh, they overtook beat the okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, yeah, which now, Mark. team beat beat my St. Helens in the 2020 World Club Challenge? If he gets this, he wins, right? Pretty much. 2020 World Cup Challenge. In when, mate? 2020. Yes. Uh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so basically, you need the 2000. Yeah, which NRL team? Which which? Who won the comp in 2019? Um, You're not supposed to change the question. No, it's and reframing my... it. <laughs> <laughs> and he is the quiz master. Okay, who? So who won in? Come on, you can't go to Google. This no, is what you're I'm doing. You're stalling, Richard, mate. I've got no idea. There you go. Who was it, James? It was the Sydney Roosters. Of course it was. Oh, my favourite team, because I'm a rabbit Not. Anyway. I could win this again. You could. <laughs> Richard, over to you. Yeah. In the AFL, the Giants have confirmed which star player will take on the captaincy this season. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Come on. No. I, I, I can it help you one out, of, Richard. It would be one of their established players um, of who played well last year. I know Sicily's taken over at Hawthorne. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know is not the answer. (laughs) Toby Green, Richard. Toby Green, and we're going to give it to you, Mark. They didn't make Toby captain, surely. They did. They did, did, mate. Hey, well done. You've got a $100 JB Hi-Fi voucher. Wow. Hang on. I I was helping Richard out. Well, it's a best of three, isn't it? And you've gotten two wrong. 
So you can't win? No. Yeah, just give no, him that. I've got one wrong and one right. Yeah, but he answered that one correctly as well. So that's two. No, no, he doesn't get to answer my question. You, I've, I've given him the voucher. <laughs> I mean, it's happened. I've this given is him... why this is the worst quiz on radio, because there are no rules. Well, as a quiz master, I've been taken over by uh, some of the guests, and it's 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 an absolute schmozzle. Get Candice back to get control It's even this. worse when she's here. Yeah. Mark, congratulations. You got your prize. When talking sport 24-7 is barely enough. Did you ever shut up? This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Unbelievable. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Our motorsport season about to shift back into gear. Only one man to talk to and that's about to happen. Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix, Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Yeah, the great man Greg Rust back with us uh, this year. Uh, Look, before we get into things, Rusty, um, you're talking to us from Hawke's Bay in New Zealand. Uh, They got hit pretty hard by the tail of a cyclone, uh, Cyclone Gabriel. Uh, You holding up okay? The people there okay? Good morning, guys. Yeah, uh, we're we're okay. Um, We've got a few trees down and stuff and uh, working with neighbours today to clear a bit of that. But honestly, we are very, very fortunate. There are some... Uh, frightening, uh, devastating stories. Um, you know, we have friends who uh, have basically lost a lot. One bit of vision I saw yesterday was the chimney of their house poking through the water like a periscope, and oh, you couldn't oh, even see wow. through. So it's it's gone, mate. Yeah, some some frightening stories. Uh, we're, we're very lucky, and people are being neighbourly and helping each other at this time, which is good. Yeah, um, Matt, it's Jimmy Graham here, and it's great to hear that you know people are coming together mm. in such a devastating time. Uh, but it's been a race against time, but the new supercars have been hitting the track ahead of round one on the 10th of March in Newcastle. Yeah, uh, it's nice to sort of have a bit of good tonic and talk about some racing. So the cool thing is over the past uh, seven to ten days, we've been seeing all the, the covers come off the new cars. That They've been doing a bit of shakedown testing, which is great. So it's the new era, Generation 3, Camaro versus Mustang. And man, do they look and sound cool. Oh, so yeah. for all of the... <laughs> The tension and stress around the new cars, um, to see them finally hitting the track and getting the season underway is awesome. It will be interesting. Now, Rusty, Happy New Year. It's only February. Uh, so good to have you back on the <laughs> you show. Happy New Year, Dim. Hang on, let's get a check. February 18. Yeah. That's the latest <laughs> well, I've he, ever heard. He hasn't been around. Fair income. We're missing over Christmas, New Year. Mate, the, uh, the F1s have been unveiling the new cars. They're testing them, seeing how they go. I've been watching this Oscar Piastri with great interest. I read that he's a little demanding. <laughs> it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Um, <laughs> what, what he is, what he is, is a um, a really disciplined athlete, mate. He's only twenty-one. He'll be turning twenty-two just after the Australian Grand Prix in early April, um, and he is hitting the ground running here because he wants to benchmark himself against Lando Norris, who is fast and immensely talented, as you know. Mm. The question mark here is the performance of the new McLaren, and we'll get a sense of that in the days ahead when they actually start testing. Um, fingers crossed it's a, a better rig than what we've seen in recent time. And overnight, too, the, the Alpine team has um, has released its car, and they've confirmed that uh, that Jack Dewan will be their reserve driver this wow. year. So that's a really cool thing for him, too. Indeed. Will Dan Ricciardo turn up at the Aussie Grand Prix? Uh, he's probably not driving, but will he come? My, my gut feel is yes, for all sorts of reasons. The Grand Prix Corporation, I must say, aren't, aren't telling me that uh, just yet. Neither are Red Bull, but... I'm trying to gauge where their current reserve driver, the Kiwi Liam Lawson, might be in all the mix. I mean, it just makes sense, guys, to think that it, it will be gutted that he's not driving, obviously, but he's a huge fan favourite, um, and obviously it's his home race. It'll be a big draw card. That thing is going to be a sellout. We're talking like 450,000 people over four days, and the brand-new series, the 10-part series of Netflix is uh, is just about to drop this week on the 24th of February, and I think episode seven is dedicated to him. So there's been some cheeky oh, stuff cool. today around. Uh, I think what have they said? Something like the the title of the episode is something like "Nice Guys Finish Last" or something. Yeah. So anyway, there'll be a bit of stuff in the wake of all that. Um, I'm a I'm a real sale guy. I'm a real clearance bargain bin sort of guy too. And there is a whole bunch of Dan Ricardo McLaren merch going very cheap at the moment. <laughs> Uh, so I've got a few golf polos ready to go. I'll swap you some of his Renault. <laughs> yeah, terrific. Uh, Rusty. <laughs> Rusty, please stay uh, safe over in New Zealand. Hope that everyone uh, is okay, and we will catch you next week, my friend. Lovely to talk some motorsport, guys. Thanks for your kind wishes. Cheers. Good on you. Bendix Brakes, put your foot down with confidence. 
Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, James Graham, has been filling in for Candace Warner, Richard Friedman, Brendan Anakin. Thank you so much uh, for filling in today, James. It's been yes. a pleasure. Yeah, it it's has been, been a pleasure to be here, and I'm uh, I'm really excited about this next segment. Well, this is the thing. Have you ever been across uh, Richard's list of grievances before? I have, yes. Every time I've uh, I've come and filled in for a couple of shows, this is uh, this is my favourite part. Yes. Oh, he just names, isn't it? How I, I don't have to do. I yeah, I don't have to do any research for <laughs> no. it, make any notes. I just no. sit back and and agree. And agree to an extent. <laughs> well, it's more react, uh, so let's do it. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Richard's list of grievances. You know, if you uh, go to buy a bottle of uh, champagne, it mm. better come from France. Not Otherwise, correct. it's got to be called something else. That's it. Uh, it's got to be called sparkling wine mm. or something. Uh, now, if you want to go and buy some cheese, feta, the Europeans are trying to stop you, from, the Australians, from calling it feta. I well. heard that. You know, blasphemy. Fighting over these brands, and yet yeah. our dairy farmers, who are mostly struggling, they do nothing, nothing about these milk substitutes oh. that are calling themselves milk. Oh no, oat milk, <laughs> almond milk, soy milk, hazelnut milk. I want to try that because I think it's got do. a bit of an Nutella vibe. Of course James. you do. Sounds all right. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> you but keep anyway, saying that. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the dairy farmer should stop it. Say, milk comes from an animal. It comes from a camel, a goat, a cow, a horse, anything, hmm. but not a plant. Right? They're going to call it something else. Some sort of, you know, give it another name. I don't care what you call it, but give it another name. You can't call it a milk substitute. Imagine if you went to the, imagine if you're having drinks, inviting people over, saying, oh, yes, I've got some lovely, uh, Whoop Whoop Hill Champagne Substitute. <laughs> How would that go? Doesn't have the same hey, ring. Hey. No. No, just I, I, I'm in 100% agreeance with you here. You so it, actually, when you go, when you talk about the feta, what they do now is they say big letters, feta, but underneath in very small print, style. Yeah. Or feta, feta style. Feta, you know, if you go around the supermarket, you right. have a close eye, you pick up, it's feta. Is it feta? No, because it's protected. Right. It's protected. Feta style. So what you're saying is it should be oat milk style. style. What no, an insight. that's no good. They what should, an insight. They should call it, you know, you know, oat extract or something. I would have agreed with you last Any, week. Anyway, I don't care those people who eat that. That's not milk. On doctor's orders, I am actually on the oat milk at the moment. Oh, I was getting a bit really? phlegmy well, on the real milk. So, so I was right. There is something. <laughs> there is medically. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, James. We'll catch you next time. Uh, don't waste your life.